across the country and around the world. This is TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. There are new warnings about hearing loss among those who enjoy their music on the go. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the story. Roy? Thanks, Chris. We see them everywhere these days, these iPods and other portable music players plugged into people's ears. Well, can that be doing any damage to those ears? We're joined by Robert Novak. He's the Director of Clinical Education in Audiology at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. Tell us about your research. You're apparently seeing a trend here, aren't you? Well, in our clinical populations, we are seeing a greater prevalence of early indications of noise damage and the hearing of younger listeners. And younger listeners meaning what, college-age students? or Yes, in this particular case, the populations that we see are college-age students. But in terms of our screening programs, generally seeing hearing loss, particularly in the 3,000, 4,000, 6,000 hertz or cycles per second region, seeing this in younger individuals. And that region of audio frequency is pretty important in being able to understand the human voice, right? Well, in that region... The frequencies in speech that are important for discriminating one word from another, the voiceless consonant sounds like the S in SAM and the TH in three and the F in free, those are the sounds that are in this frequency region. And the causes of these hearing losses would be what? Would it be the volume people are listening or the amount of time they're listening with headphones now? It's a combination of both. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration has had guidelines for a long time in terms of allowable levels of sound exposure and the potential for hearing loss related to those exposures. And the damage risk level has been 85 dB for eight hours. And if that level is met or exceeded, that's a 100% dose of noise for the day. And we know that there's a trading relationship. So if you increase that to 95 dB, for example, you can only listen to that noise for four hours and get the same 100% dose. And all of those noise exposures for those various durations are equivalent in the dose of noise that you're getting. They're all 100%. I know of no personal music device that will tell you in dB how loud the sound is you're listening to. So how can people tell what is too loud? Generally, if they're listening in a noisier environment where they have to turn up their listening system to get the full experience that they're wanting from it, whether it's understanding what's being said in the system or the enjoyment of the music, the potential for those higher levels being at this 85 dB or greater increase. And if they're in that situation where they're listening at what might be a level that's too loud, if somebody, for example, tries to get their attention and they can't hear them until they are shouting at them, then that's another indication that those levels are potentially damaging. Now, these earbud type of headphones have been around for a while, but their popularity has really exploded with the advent of the iPod and these other devices. Are there differences between these earbuds and more conventional style headphones? Yeah, the older headphones that just kind of fit loosely on your ear allowed more sound to escape. And so at a given volume level on your system, not as much sound was being delivered directly to your eardrum. But with these insert receivers, they're 
sealing the canal and not allowing sound to escape. And so you have more effective sound pressure being delivered to the eardrum for a given volume setting on your system. Let's say you have a 22-year-old college student in front of you who has experienced hearing loss. What can be done? Well, sometimes this can be temporary. And with, say, 24 to 48 hours of ear rest, meaning not being exposed to these high levels, 85 dB or greater, then you might see a return to normal in terms of those frequencies. And possible there's associated ringing in the ears that goes along with this, and that may go away. But it can also be permanent, which means it just, you've got it then for the rest of your life. And there's, at this point, there's nothing that can be done for that, to reverse that. And if it gets more severe and you have, start to have trouble communicating, then hearing aids, for example, are the, are the option. So do you have any general advice for people who do feel compelled to use these personal music devices? Well, to limit their use so they're not listening to them, you know, throughout the day and to use them in quieter environments where they're not having to turn them up so loud to get the listening experience that they desire. So would you say a limit of, what, two hours, five hours? Well, you know, it's hard to say because you don't know exactly what the exposures are that they're having. Certainly if the levels are in the 90 95 dB range, then to limit their exposures to less than, say, four hours a day. That would probably be safe. All right. Robert Novak, the Director of Clinical Education and Audiology at Purdue University. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. You're welcome. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.